Welcome back to Are You a Fan, where we explore individual characters from your favorite sci-fi, action, and fantasy genres. A big thank you to Moonbound Productions for supporting today's episode. If you would like to express your support, please like and share the show. Here's your hosts, Dick Rail and Joker. So, this time, I have a question for you, Dick Rail. What you got, Joker? So, without knowing and using the reason, or the things behind the colors, what color saber would you have? White or black? Not quite where I thought you were going with that. Where would you think I was going? I offered you to go green for Qui-Gon, knowing I, your I mean, yeah, fan but, of I, True, I, I do love Liam Neeson, but I do, I love the concept of the white lightsaber. The neutrality. Yeah. And the black lightsaber, you know, you just whip that one out when you want people to know, like, oh, shit, he's not being diplomatic right now anymore. Which that one makes sense, because the concept was supposed to be without knowing the reasons and stuff behind the colors. True, yeah. Uh, I guess without knowing the reason. I mean, I still like the co- the color black. Oh, yeah. I mean... That look, one at least made sense. Look at it, what it I... Fit the, it fit the question. Okay. Yeah, I would go with black without knowing the reasons, but I always wear black, so I, yes, I just I feel really. like that would go with my aesthetic. Oh, it would. I just figured being a fan of Liam, you'd have gone with green. No, no. I mean, that's a valid assumption in that. I do, I do like... Liam Neeson and that, but uh, you know, I got, I got be, I got be pimping my robes out here, Liam. We ain't, we're out here to save the galaxy. It doesn't mean we can't look good doing it. I mean, hell, even our guy that we're talking about this week, Luke, agreed with me. He wore black when he went to take on the Empire. Granted, with white underneath to prove that he hadn't turned to the dark. I know the story like you do. You so, probably yeah, so there was some reasoning behind that choice of costume for the movie. Tell me, he didn't look crisp. Oh, he definitely did. Very much like his father. (laughs) So, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't figured it out, we're doing Luke Skywalker Star Wars this week. One of the few names that whether you've seen the fandom or anything from the series, books, movies, it's a name you've probably all heard. Exactly. Household name like Yoda, Darth Vader, Luke, he's part of the Trinity. And like along along with every other character... Luke was either created or stemmed from the creation of George Lucas and debuted in the first film, Star Wars, in May 25th of 1977. Which, solid movie. Uh, My only issue with it was like, because originally he designed that movie to be a standalone. Because he did not think it was going to go anywhere. My problem with that is I feel like that's the way that every season of Supernatural has ended with a cliffhanger, and they're like, this ain't going to go any further, but let's mess with the audience. Because I felt like that was a movie it ended, and you're like, there's got to be another, right? <laughs> it, it definitely left the op- the ability to have more. Yeah. But he, did not, he definitely did not expect it to go anywhere further than it did. And, and now you know, we're 40 here. 40-something years later. We literally have Star Wars troops running around our nation. Or Australia, if you want to get into real charity details. That was a cool one to hear about. That was 501st Go. Okay, uh, originally, uh, original name was supposed to be uh, Luke Starkiller. Oh, I... What? <laughs> Luke Starkiller, which his uh, last name would become the code name of Darth Vader's secret apprentice in the Force Unleashed games. Which I knew that part, but I didn't know that was supposed to be... Yep. Oh, that's a neat Easter egg. And I guess we should go ahead and clarify now that this video specifically only goes over Luke before Disney bought him. Yes. About Star Wars. So it is all his old Legends continuity and story. So there's possibly going to be some, you know, like what what type stuff going on. And um, I, I think it's going to be funner. So let's get into this. Uh, born in 19 BBY before uh, Battle of Yavin. So that's what the abbreviation of BBY stands for. Hmm. Which one was the Battle of Yavin? Yav- that was the one Yavin? you see in the first movie in episode four. Oh. Which I think is why, because they also use ABY, which is after the Battle of Yavin. I think they use that as their way to date things for us. Because it's yeah. the first major event you really see that affects the galaxy and the continuity. Okay, okay, that that's makes... my assumption. I've never actually looked up why they use the Battle of Yavin. That makes sense uh, to at least that extent, because yeah, it's it's like it was one battle in the scheme of a galaxy, but yep. it did start the whole Clone War, so I guess. Oh, not the Clone War. Or no, wait, it didn't even start that war. Yeah, what? 
it that was, was just the first big battle with the Death Star, and that's the first major battle you okay, see. Okay, I'm the liking movies. this less and less <laughs> as a uh, as a determination of time. At least in our world, we killed the Son of God to make that happen. I think it was just because it was, you know, the first major event you see in the movies. I, I, I get it from a perspective standpoint, but in world, somebody's got to be asking. Well, I'm sure they have a different thing in in Galaxy to tell their time. I might have to look that up sometime. I, I believe right. this one is entirely just a... For the fans. Yeah. That makes so sense. So we have an idea of timeline. Okay. That makes sense. And, uh, okay, so yeah, born in 19 BBY, uh, died somewhere between... 45 and 137 ABY, which we do kind of talk about a little bit later, which yeah. Okay. We'll get into that later because that is a a very large gap. That's why I failed my Charlie Chaplin test in high school. (laughs) Uh, Place of birth, Polis Massa, which as you see in the the movies in episode three, it's just kind of an asteroid. Okay, cool, cool. I uh, didn't know that had a name. I just... Yep. I thought it was just, uh, yeah, station on, <laughs> station on random asteroid. Well, um, it might have been the name of the station. Okay. Well, I don't know. I, who knows what people do in space. Uh, parents, Anakin Skywalker, Padme Amidala, which uh, I feel... We, we all kind of know that one at this point. If you've seen the movies, you know that one. But at the same time, we feel like we should say it because it's starting to surprise me how many people I meet that have not seen these movies. That is true. Uh, anyway, family. Uh, Leia Organa is his sister. Owen Lars, uncle. Uh, Beru. 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 And that's In- really the only name they ever give her. They don't really extend her name at all. But, I mean, even in any of her appearances, that's all she kind of is, just Aunt Beru. I mean... I guess we could just call her Aunt Brew Lars, since that's kind of that's her husband. Yeah, and you know, not to push the issue, but aren't they slaves? No, no, they are. No. Oh shit! The what? only one that was a slave in the movies was Anakin and his mom. Yeah, but remember, his mom got bought by, by I don't remember his name, but it was the father of Owen. Okay. And you see all them first in. Or you see them canonically first in episode three or two. Oh shit, that's kind of cool. Okay, did not know, didn't know they all got their freedoms. Nice. I don't think they were ever actually slaves between that family. I think they were just moisture farmers that he found Shimmy and and had to deal with and Jabba's BS. <laughs> okay, well actually that's kind of cool. That's nice to know. Um, do you want to cover the fun fact? So. One of the early fun facts for this episode is uh, originally Luke and Leia weren't actually set to be siblings, which you know, causes a lot of debate because of the whole kiss in uh, episode, what was it, episode, it was episode four or five that it was in? No, it was five because it was uh, Empire. Yep, it would be episode, episode five. But yeah, so it was debated, it's debated because I never actually found any actual proof on it that she was supposed to be a love interest in a love triangle for between Luke, Leia, and Han. Huh. Um, though, like I said, it's never actually been confirmed. Um, it was changed in Return of the Jedi. So yeah, it was episode five that the kiss happened. Okay. Um, but officially got changed to be his sister in episode uh, six in Return of the Jedi. Because in what little framework Luke has had for the series, Luke always was supposed to have a twin. Just it wasn't. We weren't supposed to actually meet her until the second trilogy. Oh. And it, this is one of the points that had been noted that uh, Lucas would admit he did not fully think through in advance. Yeah. No. No. That definitely there seemed. Was a, there was a lot of things in the original trilogy, especially you could see where he was just kind of bsing his way through the series. <laughs> And putting things together as it came along. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, that completely makes sense. And, uh, like, I guess it makes me happy that I'm probably gonna be 50 before any of my stories ever get made into anything. Right. Uh, plenty of time <laughs> to iron out the uh, incestual details going forward, or the non incestual details. Yeah, going let's forward. avoid that one. <laughs> Luke narrowly did. <laughs> I guess moving on. Uh, this might be a touchy subject for some people out there, so we'll move on. 
Uh, during both timelines, Luke's uncle uh, tried to discourage his adventures, uh, na- uh, adventurous nature, but it would only create tension between them when he tried to ask his uncle about his father and his involvement during the Clone Wars. His uncle stuck to his story of him being a navigator on a spice freighter, and this would lead to a lot of tension between the two as more and more Luke's friends would leave the planet. Huh. Yeah. You know. Owen, I mean, makes sense why Owen did what he did. He, was, was, he, he saw Anakin. He knew what he was and how he acted during his time. True. And I'd read a thing that I guess uh, Aunt Beru would actually take uh, Luke into town and would show him things on the holonet of other cities, other actually, planets. Yep, I actually, I actually saw read a thing on that. Yeah, secretly she was... Fanning the flames to get him to want to leave. I mean, ultimately, you know, it was going to happen. Oh, yeah. And Amber just kind of admitted. She knew that. She was she accepted it. And uh, Owen, he just, he, he was doing everything he could to keep him on the planet and out of being like his father. And I get, I get why Owen would do that. Owen would, de- uh, I mean, you know, he was alive during that whole, the Clone Wars. He got to see the rise of the Empire. He knew who Darth Vader was, I would assume. Well, actually, a lot of people didn't know. There is... I mean, I know a lot of people didn't know, but I, w- I would assume he had an idea, especially when, well, you know... As far as the galaxy knew, for the most part, Anakin died. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I do know that, but I just, I just feel as though... He would have known because I, I feel like that might have come up in conversation with him and the Obi-Wan. Like, so this is my grandson. Where's the father? Your Padawan. You know, the one we uh, you took and uh, you and your master took and said you'd take care of? Yeah, about that, buddy. Uh, if you hear breathing, run. Well, yeah, I remember <laughs> for the most part during even Obi-Wan's time in hiding, he didn't know about Vader either for a long time. Until he happened to see him on the uh, holonet himself. Oh wait, what? Yeah. Ooh, I didn't know that. Okay, that. I was that like, that's another... definitely something that'll probably come up more because eventually oh. I'd like to do an episode on Obi Wan. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, it. we'll we'll do with that layer. But still, that's another layer to something that I didn't know that explains my like. How did like you know? Okay, that, I like that. Would that. be why part of it. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Hello. Do you want me to do this one, or can you pronounce lightsaber forms? This might actually be one I get to do. <laughs> you know what? Similar to how I normally take over the real world martial arts, I'm gonna let you take over the uh, these mar- these lightsaber forms because I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> Go for so, it. During his time as a Jedi, um, throughout his time, he would learn you know multiple lightsaber forms. But he mainly used the same form that his father did, which was the fifth form of lightsaber fighting styles known as Xi'an and Tajimzo. Um, he would also at times use the third form, Sarisu, which would be used by his mentor, Kenobi. Um, and like Kenobi, he would also master this form. But unlike Kenobi, who has been noted as not just a master of Sarisu, but the master, I would definitely say that put, would put Luke at very close second. Yep, I, I'd put him a close second. Just because, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you know, let, let's try to keep on topic because I know you want to do an Obi-Wan yep. specifically. And yeah, Obi-Wan's got a rich enough history. We can do a whole episode to him. This is going to be fun. So let's ignore that. But still, pretty impressive techniques. Uh, I did, I, Luke definitely, get I think, can get more aggressive with the lightsaber oh, he, than Obi-Wan he was. Did, but that's why like he used one like his father and he used the fifth form which was a more aggressive style yeah so, i mean compared to the third form everything's more aggressive even the first yeah true because the third is entirely based on defense yep it is an entirely defensive tai chi type style like i'm gonna use your shit against you and then a little later on if i remember correctly i put it in the notes but he does also learn um the fighting style of using two sabers because he actually Ooh. ends up having to for a certain fight. <laughs> yeah, no, no. He, uh, I remember that. I remember hearing about that one. As I'm pretty positive I put it in here. So, so we'll, we'll see when we get there. We'll see when we get there. But I, I, I like that fight. I remember that fight. 
Okay. Uh... Now, unlike Canon, there's not a lot of his story that's written down and known about for his early life. So most of the stuff early on, we kind of just get from glimpses from the movies. Fair. So, yep, uh, some events after the destruction of the Death Star. Is that where we're... Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Luke would uh, Luke would find the plant Hoth when on a scouting mission and was ambushed by Imperials and forced to hide in the hyperwash of a... I'm reading that right, right? Yeah. Correct? Hyperwash of a comet that would... Dis- deposit him near the ice world after Luke informed his superiors the alliance planned to evacuate Yavin 4 and set up a new base on Hoth there's a lot of words I don't fully comprehend <laughs> to be honest I'm right there with you because I'm not I tried looking up the hyperwash and it all I could ever find was stuff on like stuff for cars so yeah I yeah that's, really you i couldn't really find what that actually was it's kind of where my <laughs> mind was going with that i'm like hyper what are we washing spaceships in space people yeah, it was kind of cool to know that luke kind of just stumbled across hoth on accident that is actually kind of a pretty cool detail i mean the force works in mysterious ways right <laughs> okay uh after evacuating uh, evacuation of yavin 4 Luke would receive the rank of a lieutenant commander in the rebellion and would start to feel at home flying his X-Wing with Red Squadron. And when he wasn't flying with them, he led the new Rogue Squadron. Damn, dude's See? leading a lot of groups. Yeah, oh, he didn't lead Red. He was just kind of a member of it. Mm. But he kind of... Okay. He would kind of be the de facto leader of Rogue Squadron for a long time. And actually had a very large book series on that squadron and all their exploits. I mean, I knew about the book series on Rogue Squadron. Didn't know he was actually a uh, part of it at a point. Yep, he, he was actually a very large part of it for certain points of the lore. Hmm, that's actually kind of cool. <laughs> so, he would also end up having more and more missions outside of his X-Wing and would learn some of the horrors of war from the front lines. Um, he would even meet a clone trooper named Abel, who had his gunship shot down during the Clone War. Luke would eventually convince Abel to join the Rebels by starting the er, by stating the Jedi took up arms against the Empire and swore loyalty to the Alliance. Ooh, yeah. there's a lot of crazy stories of clones that didn't hear about Order sixty six and didn't know what happened. And you know, I've actually seen a lot of stories on that. And I have to say, that's one thing I didn't like about the changes in the new one is I enjoyed this Vietnam or this World War Two man left on an island. Not hearing the war's over, just killing anybody they see come near the island. They're like, that's what my orders were. It's like, dude, what are you, 80? You think they would have talked to you by now if the war was still going on, right? I mean, they do still have similar stories to this, to Abel's in canon, where there have been troopers that have been left behind and don't know what's going on or got frozen and wake up you know 40 years later in the middle of the civil war okay that makes sense it's just it's one of those things i did enjoy that like story thing where even some troopers ended up helping some jedi because they're like i don't know my squad just started killing the jedi yeah and i was like what are we doing so i i enjoyed the chaos of of these legends. Oh yeah, definitely. With, when it came to that. So it's kind of cool that he would meet a stormtrooper and then convince him to be like, Hey bro, we still here, man. Come help us. Yep. So, uh, oh, a lot of, po- a lot of events happen here. Post Endor, post movies. So this is all after the movies. Okay. This is all stuff that got put into books and novels and comics that never happened in the movies because, you know, after a certain point, they just kept going. No, okay, okay, that may... No, and yeah, that makes sense. Honestly, where a vast majority of Luke's story really gets interesting. It's honestly where a vast majority of a lot of the character stuff gets interesting. Yep. Because I'm... I'm scared to say it, but I'm going to say it. Boba Fett in the movie sucks. 
I mean, he did. <laughs> but when you think about it, a lot of the characters back then in the movie suck. True. I'm just saying. Yeah, I feel on, like I'm gonna I'm gonna be put on a hit list <laughs> if if the wrong group of armor wearing cosplayers hear this. Oh heck, even most of the diehard fans will agree that in the movies Boba sucked. Okay, cool, I cool, mean, cool. He did so little in in his very small appearance. I mean, total you know, badass. Got knocked out by a blind dude. Yep. Who wasn't even really trying. He just turned around like, where's Boba? Boom. <laughs> okay, let's uh, proceed on. Uh, during his first mission after the death of Palpatine, death, uh, he would meet a Force-sensitive being named Kyra. Kiro? I don't know. They never gave a way to pronounce it, so I'm assuming Kiro. We're going Kiro because there's no E in there, and I was raised on phonics. Who wanted to be a trained? Uh, who wanted to be trained by Luke? Luke would opt to not train him, as Luke questioned uh, if he was ready to train new Jedi and was afraid of new Jedi falling to the dark side. He would turn down multiple other offers. Mm, kind of makes sense. Yeah, because what little he knew, you know, he saw, he knew about his father turning, he knew about other Jedi turning, and you know, at that he point almost. he was barely even, right, a, a, barely a Jedi as, as himself. Barely a Jedi, and also, oh, uh, quite a few almost turns on his part in those movies, even. Oh, yeah. So, definitely, you know what, that makes him a million times better than his father. He knows He knows his lane. He knows where he's at. He's not like, I'm a master, come learn from me. Well, you gotta remember that Anakin, from a young age, was told he was the chosen one. That's gonna put some ego in your head and make you think you're better than you are. Yeah. So, that was not entirely all on Anakin. And he just had Mace Windu constantly there, like, sit down. (laughs) I'm sure we'll do an episode on him someday. Moving on. Um, through a force vision with Yoda, Kenobi, and a newly redeemed Anakin uh, would make Luke realize that he should no longer be afraid of the dark side. He would then decide to take Kiro up on his request and be trained, and Kiro would become Luke's first official apprentice. I mean, before that, he did train Leia a little bit in the stories, but she was never really his apprentice officially. Yeah. So I... Kiro would officially be his very first Jedi apprentice. Oh, that's kind of cool. Hmm. I mean, that totally works. So, uh, finally, man, finding himself. Also, because, yeah, I think that's the best piece of advice you can give, though, is the. I think the folly of the dark side is the fear you have in it. Oh, yeah. Ultimately, if you just treat it like, like what it is, a tool of the Force, just one that you wouldn't use, yeah, I feel like it has less power. Oh, yeah, which he does definitely lean into much later on in his life as a Jedi. Um, which we can talk a little bit more when we get, get to the that. point of him and his new Jedi order. Sounds good to me. Uh, so yeah, looks like we got not long after this, uh, before the training could really start, Luke would be caught up in the, uh, I'm assuming Nagi, Nagai Toph, Nagai Toph war and would receive one of his first, defeats by the lady of the sith the lumaya lumaya after she attacked him with her oh oh this is what happens light whip luke would be captured after this defeat and yes that's exactly what it sounds like it is a whip or a lightsaber in the form of a whip which i mean kinky but you only get one you only get one whip out of that <laughs> can you turn the power down on lightsabers i'm real curious now uh, you can create them to be not as strong, but you can't really turn down the intensity after they're created. Huh. So now if you create that too powerful, you get that one whip. <laughs> wow. So after this battle, uh, Kiro, Kiro would recover from his wounds received from that battle, um, would set out to rescue Luke. After doing so, he would help Luke create a Shoto saber or, you know, a short saber, um, Luke would also master the fighting style uh, Jarkai, which was the form of using two sabers. And he would use the new form and Shoto Blade and would later meet with Lumaya and defeat her uh, for their second uh, fight. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's where he got his second lightsaber, which, yeah. Fun fact about that. 
It was a red lightsaber. Yeah, I remember Which seeing a thing. It made no sense on why he made a red one, because it never really... It might have talked about it more in the books, but in all the things I could find, it never gave a reason behind it on why he chose red. I mean, possibly found a uh, already bled kyber crystal, maybe? I mean, at that time, they didn't bleed them. Sith uh, sabers were created. Oh, so there was no kyber crystals in a Sith saber? No, they were, but they weren't natural forming crystals. Yeah. The Sith literally made their crystals. Oh! Yeah, they, they used Sith alchemy and all the other stuff. They created uh, crystals for the oh, lightsabers. Oh, shit. So there was no, yeah, there was no bleeding of crystals? Nope. That's a whole new thing in canon. Which, honestly, I kind of... I like both. I mean, they both fit. I feel for the dark side, the bleeding of the cannon fits a little better. Fits a little better, but, but I definitely like the concept of maybe at the beginning they had to forge their own because they didn't even know about the bleeding. And yep. then maybe a Sith fan. That'd be a cool story but, to throw in. Like, this is also back when lightsabers, cri lightsaber crystals naturally had their own color. They True. weren't all clear like they are now. Yeah, and the color is based entirely upon you you as a and person. And your stance in the Force. Yep. At one point, you just found a crystal that called to you, and it was whatever color it was. I like the new one. And, uh, oh, yeah. I like the new one. Okay, where are we going now? Uh, um, so, during the escape, uh, Kira would be critically injured by Din Siva, I'm assuming, uh, who served Lumaya and left for dead. Luke was forced to make a hasty retreat, believing Kiro had been killed. Luke would later end up being reunited with Kiro at a later battle of Iskalon. Um, but Kiro, at this point, had new priorities and would choose to, to stay behind and protect the people of Iskalon. Aww. So, very quickly, Kiro ended up having kind of that Jedi mentality of, I'm going to protect the people of a planet. Yeah, no, you know, no, no. Let's do the that's, noble thing. That's a good Jedi right there. That's a solid Jedi. Gonna probably die, but you know, solid Jedi. Pretty sure he did. I yeah. didn't. I didn't read into that story at all. That, that seems like it's gonna be a sad story if we did. Oh yeah. So uh, moving on with uh, the character this is actually about, <laughs> uh, Luke would uh, would later on spend much time traveling the galaxy, searching for documents and artifacts to learn of the Jedi Knights of old, and continue his own training, learning during this time that much of what he found was lies fabricated by Palpatine. That totally makes sense. Palpatine would definitely do something like that. Well, we all know that... Okay. We know that in the story that Palpatine very intentionally changed ways people looked at the Jedi and... Which is a very smart propaganda move in that. Like, yeah, I mean, because his whole point was to make people hate the Jedi and turn. That's why the galaxy turned on him so quickly. I mean, I want to say this guy would give Hitler a run for his money, but I think this guy was kind of literally based on the concept of Hitler and I Nazi mean, Germany. Seeing as the whole kind of concept of the empire the, uh, was based on Nazi Germany. Yep. That's kind of the uniforms and everything. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm like, I'm like, you know, like this guy would give Hitler a run for his money, but you <laughs> know, rip off that mask and it's like, ha, a mustache. <laughs> he would also still be called on by his friends in the New Republic for missions such as helping La Lando, Han and Chewie rescue Wookiee slaves on the Avatar or orbital platform. That's a lot of words. And also company alliance, uh, com a company alliance troops in the final drive on the Imperial Palace on Coruscant in the push to capture the planet. Oh, damn. That's a, a lot. Because for the most part, for a very long period after... Um, even after the the second Death Star was destroyed and the Emperor was killed, it still took a long time for the actual Civil War to end. I mean, it makes sense. That's uh, that's generally the problem, even throughout history, with destroying a a leader of such a vast empire. Is it creates a power vacuum. Yo. Factions are going to be made. Lines are going to be drawn. You may have disrupted the main, like, center point of the power in that, but now you got all these little mini ones being like, well, I'll take control, which sucks, but at the same time helpful because they're generally not very helpful with each other because yep. they want the power. Well, as I, that was a big thing because like all the big Imperial War uh, moths and Grand Admirals and stuff, after Palpatine died, they became warlords and would control sections of the galaxy themselves. 
Yeah, that's uh, kind of what happens. I mean, isn't that basically what happened to Rome there for a little bit? That's, that's kind of what happens to all of them. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, at the same time, it, as you're trying to expand and, you know, take over and bring peace and order, kind of makes it easy on you because you know these people aren't exactly buddy-buddy anymore. Yep. Arguably, you can just use them against each other. Be a smart move. But talking about the the Imperial Warlords and stuff um, would actually lead us to the next point of Luke's next crisis would actually be in the form of a returning Grand Admiral Thrawn. At some point, I want to do an episode of him, too. Oh, hell yeah, He's one of my favorites. Um, Thrawn would attempt to capture Luke multiple times and turn him over to a dark Jedi, Joris Sabioth. He was an insane dark Jedi who was a clone of Jedi Master Joris Sabioth from the old time of the Republic or from the time of the Old Republic that was created by Palpatine. And, you know, back in these days, when they created clones of people, all they did was add an extra letter to their name. Seems seems lazy. It, it kind of was. I. It seems annoyingly lazy. Like, it, like, to the point where you could just call them the same thing. If we're going to do that, why don't we just call them the same thing and just put a C at the end so we know it's a clone? Well, that's kind of what they did. Is so Joris's name has an extra U in his first name. That's how you know that's the clone. I'd hate working for Palpatine as a dyslexic. But yeah, no. Uh, Palpatine actually created this <laughs> Jedi or this dark Jedi to protect one of his out many many outposts out in some dark world. Hmm. It was really messed up to find out that Palpatine was actually trying to save the galaxy. Shit like that. Uh, he really wasn't. I mean, that's debatable. <laughs> he wanted to control it. He didn't want to save it. Uh, if you knew what was coming, that those he things. He didn't know what was coming. I thought he had an idea no, that some he shit knew was something was coming. Okay, he didn't he, know what, so he wasn't trying to really save it. You know, tomato, tomato. The bad guy's the villain. Let's move on. <laughs> so later on, Luke would um, get pulled out of hyperspace after a fight with Thrawn. Um, and would be awakened to um, from a hibernation trance to find he was facing an Imperial Star Destroyer and an Interdictor Cruiser, which the cruiser is what's pulled him out of hyperspace. Um, he was able to destroy the Star Destroyer's tractor beam, but his hyperdrive would be damaged in that and would leave him derelict in space. Would later be found by a smuggler, Talon Cardi? I, don't, I have no idea how to pronounce the name. Card. <laughs> um... That smuggler would end up rescuing Luke, however, would stun him and keep him as a hostage until he would figure out what to do with him. Damn. Talk about accidentally stumbling into a golden egg. Right. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Just like, holy cow. I got this amazing thing. Now what do I do with him? (laughs) Because he can't exactly broadcast that information. Oh, God, no. Can you imagine what would happen to him if he did? Yeah, exactly. From I mean, both sides. Both sides. Also, the fact that, like, Luke has made a, quite a few smuggler type friends, too, in that underground world. So, like, I'm pretty sure if the word got out, like, yeah, he knows. He... Yeah, Talon would be in so much trouble. Yeah, because uh, didn't Luke, even at some point, you know, after murdering him, or his sister, I guess, murdering him, didn't they form an alliance with the Huts? Probably, but yeah. it's probably a very uneasy alliance. But still, the Huts are smart enough to know that, uh, yeah, if this guy was like, hey guys, I got Luke, send all the ships. <laughs> that would depend on, I feel, a lot of other circumstances. Yeah, I guess the, who's leading the Huts and that would well, really. But also, like, where where in the galaxy are they? True. Who's closer? Because the Huts. They did like to stay out of other people's stuff and just have their own empire on its own. True, but they were businessmen, and I'm uh, maybe maybe I'm a little bit of a hut myself. I'm like, dude, if we save this guy, do you know how much they're gonna owe us? But also at that point, leave that to the the Imperial remnants and the rebellion. Let them fight it out. Very true. I would definitely probably get kicked out of the Hut family for my high stake gambling. Oh yeah. I'd be like, guys, come on. We paid off the tower with that last bet. Yes, and now we owe them the tower because of this third bet you've made. That is neither here nor there. Uh, Okay, uh, moving on. 
Uh, during this time, Talon would introduce Luke to his associate, uh, Mara ja- Jade. Ma- Mara Jade. Mara Jade is that? Is she the? Uh... She's the redhead with the purple lights. Oh my God! She's finally in here. Uh, would Mara Jade? Mara would form an antagonistic relationship with Luke as she was formerly one of the Emperor's hands. A deadly group of dark Jedi who served Palpatine. Mara would hold Luke responsible for the destruction of her career and purpose and wanted to kill him. And she's not exactly wrong whatsoever. I mean, when your whole purpose at that point in your life is to serve the Emperor... And, you know, your your job just kind of goes down the hole when the de- second Death Star goes up in smoke. Yeah, I'd, no. I'd be in the same boat. Yeah, no, I'd want to kill Luke, too, if I was her. And, you know, I was indoctrinated. Uh, I feel like Talon's the only reason she didn't. Being it kind of her, her partner and be like, no, we need to keep him alive for potential value. True, he would probably be the voice of reason there. You know... But, yeah, no, I, I definitely get her wine to just strangle the shit out of Luke. And that's oh, like, you yeah. ruined my life. She, she definitely held you. that against him for a very long time. I don't blame her. <laughs> I would, too. Um, but, yeah, no, she, she's actually a pretty cool character. Damn, there's a lot of characters we could do a whole episode on. There's a lot uh, of characters I want to do an episode on. I'm down. Uh, after this... Luke would face Thrawn and his forces a handful more times. And in the last encounter, he would learn Thrawn's forces consisted of clone troopers. Actually, that that totally makes sense. Thrawn would definitely see the value of clone troopers. Well, but he also, as the next point kind of comes up, he would find one of Palpatine's secret cloning facilities and kind of restart it. And that's how he would start recreating the clones again. Okay. Thanks. Uh, Thrawn is ar- arguably probably one of the best villains in the series. I mean, he came back and pulled together the remnants and multiple warlords to almost single-handedly destroy the new Galactic Alliance. That yep. was for, or the not the Galactic Alliance, the New Republic after they, they were formed after defeating the Empire. And so, he I was, mean, he was an amazing tactician. Amazing tactician. He was also one of the few uh like generals and alien generals that Vader and Palpatine both respected. Oh, he's also one of the only aliens in the Imperial Navy. That too, yes. And they really went heavy on that racist thing with the Empire. Well, you know, Palpatine very cleverly worked the Clone War to work that way. between To be very anti-alien and anti-droid. Makes sense. Because if you ever notice in the movies... All of the Confederacy is all aliens. There's not a single human race in there, except for Dooku. What about... I thought there were two human planets. I mean, there were planets in the Confederacy, but the High Council that everybody saw as the leaders, not a single one of them was human. I thought there was one uh, Padme's friend before they killed her. Like I said, there are were plants in the actual Confederacy. Oh, she was on the, the High Council. Council. She was never on the. No, High she Council. was in the Senate. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, remember yep. you got the, they have their Senate, and then you got the High Council that you know all the businessmen were a part of, like uh, Newt Gunray, Watt Tambor. Okay, that topic too. Yep, yep. Off uh, top, but that actually okay. No, no, I get it now. Huh? But yeah, no. Palatine did that very intentionally. <laughs> racist <laughs> or specious same thing close same. enough close <laughs> close enough you, you, they don't look like you you hate them <laughs> so sometime on, later on a mission on the planet Waylon, luke han chewy and lando would be accompanied by mara jade to a secret cloning facility that palpatine used during the clone war and this was the uh facility that was supplying thrawn with his new troopers and there it is and at this point, Marin had actually been accompanying Luke on quite a few missions because he he'd kind of they kind of stuck together her for her, his her hatred and him trying to I guess, turn to off side kind of turn off the hatred <laughs> kind of like in the uh, old Republic games. Yep, I'm gonna bring you on missions so you start to level out on that bar. So maybe you start to like me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, while on Wayland, Luke and Mara would end up encountering Joris Sabioth the clone uh, in the Emperor's throne room. After unleashing a barrage of forced lightning on the pair, he would reveal Skywalker's opponent, Luke Skywalker, with two U's, <laughs> um, which was a, glone, a clone grown from se- uh, the severed hand from Bespin and armed with Luke's old lightsaber. Huh, I don't know. Huh. I mean, total dick move, but like strategy-wise, like, damn. Oh, I mean, if anybody trying to fight your... The, the mental... Per- to be mentally prepared to fight yourself I'm is a whole different ballgame. Oh, man, I'm still not 100% sure how I'm handling that if that ever happens. I, I think about that at least once a day. <laughs> to let everybody know why I have not succeeded in life, there might be a reason for that. <laughs> you kind of hyperfixate on random things like that. Exactly. Why well, stand there? Why well, just straight up charge him? But like, he also knows what I'm thinking. Maybe theoretically. Anyway, back to this. Um, yeah, no dick move. Uh, but damn, solid strategy, Pelp. Oh, this wasn't. This was the clone that Sabiath created. Oh, damn, a clone. A clone creating a clone. They still got it, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As sad of a statement as that is, you hear that and you're like, damn, those clones still got some good strategies left in them. Looks like we didn't use all the Django Fett DNA. Well, no, I mean, you gotta remember this was a, Sabioth was a clone created off of a former Jedi Master. Oh my god, there's so many clones. Oh yeah, they, they kind of ran with the clone thing back in Legends. They really did, and then they immediately brought it back and the fans lost their minds. Like Palpatine's a clone? Yeah, I remember most of the people nowadays that are getting into Star Wars and seeing that didn't know that was actually a pretty common thing for Palpatine and Legends. I just loved it because the arguments I got into, people were like freaking out. They're like, he's a clone? I'm like, dude, Palpatine was all about clones. Did you not watch the prequels? Did you not, like, learn any of his story? Like, I mean, he was a clone so many times himself. Exactly. Like we don't even know if the Palpatine in the in the prequels was really Palpatine or just another clone BS thing on that he made. Which we slightly get into his cloning thing a little bit later. Okay, uh, proceed. Um, Luke would struggle during the fight uh, with his clone because of between the mental pressure from being so close to his duplicate and Sabiath preventing Skywalker from disarming the clone or destroying his lightsaber. Use and Sabiath was using various force abilities to kind of affect Luke. Makes sense. Well, there was way too much to write it in that, that whole concept to, to write down. I mean, makes sense. Whenever it gets into force abilities, it, honestly, it's not much different than like anything where there's like powers involved. It gets real complicated when it comes to having to write down the scenes because it's like, oh, this guy's doing this. He's implementing this force technique while also defending against this one. Yep. And then in the meantime, they are swinging laser swords at each other. So try to follow along, kids. Pretty much. And I'm just, they're just as dyslexic. Like, you know, I'm going to find the audiobook. Right. Um, during this fight, Leia would arrive with Han and Chewie. Uh, Mara would seize Leia's saber, and as the clone was about to strike down Luke, he would miss and hit a view screen, and it would explode behind him, uh, blinding him. Oh. Mara would take advantage of this to slay the clone, fulfilling the last command of the Emperor to kill Luke Skywalker. She kind of found a loophole there. She killed Luke, but not our Luke. Huh. She would kill the clone instead, and, I mean, she technically fulfilled her orders. Yeah. No, um... That's some real uh, Purple Man bullshit right there. Yep. But, hey, works. <laughs> During that whole moment with the d- destruction of the view screen and everything, a lot of the room started caving in. Um, Luke, Leia, and Mara would all end up getting separated. And then Luke and Leia would use the Force to help guide uh, Mara to go kill Sabiath. So... Mara kind of killed both of them in the end. Damn. She's more badass than I originally assumed. I, oh, she, I, she has an amazing story, too. Yeah, I want to say she's more badass than I originally assumed. This is a character that I've already got enough detail about through passing that I assumed 
she was already a badass. Oh, she she is. She is a badass in her own right. Like I already assumed that, but now I'm just like, oh wow, I was yeah, totally correct on that assumption. Damn. She don't give no Fs. In 10 ABY, Luke would discover Palpatine had survived using cloning and arcane Sith alchemy. God damn. Palpatine would use a dark side ability known as Essence Transfer to move his conscience from one body to another. He now called for Skywalker to kneel before him once again and become his servant. Skywalker, realizing the Emperor was all-powerful, <laughs> knelt before him and pledged to learn the way of the Sith. Wow, okay, didn't see that. I knew it happened, but it, wow. Which, this is one of the things why I really wanted to do the Legend side. Yeah. I always enjoy bringing up this, sec- this story because it always blows people's minds. Which, I mean, I knew it happened, but I could have swore he had uh, his family as hostages. No. They would end up being what would bring him back to the light. Okay. No, no, it it was just kind of Palpatine's thing. You know, he wanted the Skywalker bloodline as his his apprentices because he knew they were powerful. Because, like Anakin, Luke had very high potential in the Force, being the son of the Chosen One. True. Um, But he would also end up actually having a handful of various reasons of why he would join Palpatine. Um, one of them being he kind of wanted to understand what made his father fall and join the dark side. Quoting Palpatine from episode three when Palpatine talked to Luke, or talked to Anakin, Luke kind of took the aspect of to learn all of the mysteries of the dark, of the force, you have to study all the aspects. So learning the dark side would help him be a better Jedi. Actually, the, I think that's actually a completely valid concept because that's what the uh, Bandu do. Well, they're very neutral to begin yeah. with, but you have to know how all the parts work in to, order to, to really understand it. Yeah, and, and which later on he end up he ends up more believing not all force powers necessarily are good or evil. Yeah. Um, he he didn't go to the extent of one of his students and fellow Jedi of uh, Kyle Katarn. Kyle pretty much believed there was no evil force powers at all. Huh. Luke did see a few, which I don't remember offhand which ones they were, but there are some very dark force abilities that really are just dark and evil. I mean, the one where you wipe out half a planet in order to gain their life essence so you can have exactly. basically an immort- immortal body that's just a pair of sheets with a mask, I guess. That, we that's never a whole see another. That's but, a whole other story of a Sith Lord. But that's a Sith power that, but, yeah. And you, that's the way Luke's eyes. Like, there are some that truly are evil in nature. Yeah. But he very... He, he would actually end up being known for using some dark side abilities himself quite often in his stories. I think I saw a thing about that, actually. Yeah, he... Uh, which, I mean, you know, Mace Windu would be proud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then another big reason... Um, like few other individuals, he thought he could defeat the dark side from within, which almost backfired on him because like, uh, the Jedi master Quinlan Voster in the clone war, they underestimated the power of the dark side and found he was unable to pull away once he was too immersed in it. It would take the help of his sister, uh, for him to break free from the dark. And after two fights with Palpatine, one in a cloning facility, which he kind of just got whooped on by Palpatine's lightsaber skills because he may not have been known for him, but he wasn't, he was not a joke either. No, no, I do. Uh, I do remember when Palpatine goes after, um, the brothers at one point, uh, Savage and Darth Maul. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, he's straight up just, yeah, he is a saber expert. He just thinks it's barbaric. Yep. So, I, um, so between the fight on the cloning facility where he got his butt whooped, and then one later on on a, on a starter story above the station, Luke would finally destroy this incarnation of Palpatine. There are so many. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. 
It would be after uh, this that in 11 ABY, uh, Luke would propose to the New Republic that a new Jedi Academy needed to be started. He would use the temple on Yavin 4 for the first 15 years until its destruction. Uh, during his time as a Jedi Master at the Academy, he ran things differently than the last council did during the time before the Empire. He would see the best teacher for his, his students was experience and not lecture-like classes. He would encourage his students to go out on missions on their own. Many of his early order consisted of former masters and knights that had survived the Great Jedi Purge and reemerged from hiding. Palpatine, you couldn't even get that right. <laughs> no, but the way he saw it is they got enough of the order that the few that survived, you know, obviously had Vader hunting him down, but they were no longer enough of a threat anymore that Oh, and he was totally right. Oh, yeah. In that in that regard, like I'm not, I'm not I'm not discounting like as far as like a kill streak goes. That's one of the most impressive I've ever seen, so, you know. Yeah. Nothing. Right, right, right behind Hitler. <laughs> yeah. So nothing to scoff at. <laughs> Of course, I mean, you know, this guy took Hitler's idea and was like, what if we did this on a planetary galactic scale, guys? I think we can get it done. <laughs> Though I'm pretty sure, actually, count uh, number-wise, I'm pretty sure Hitler still had more of a kill count than Palpatine did, even of the Jedi Order, by, like, a couple million. You know what? I'd actually be down to run the numbers on this someday. We'll have to come back to this much, much later. When we do Pal... Maybe if we do Pal- Palpatine, I'll run the actual numbers on this. But yeah, unlike the the last Jedi, and you know how Yoda had like the actual classes where they'd learn things, they learn history. Luke was like, "No, go out and learn, learn from experience, because that is honestly a far better teacher." It really is. Um, same time, you know, you need to have some book learning. Like, oh hey yeah, guys, I mean, and I'm sure there was some in his too, but it wasn't. It wasn't. That wasn't the core of the concept, yeah. which. Honestly, far more effective when you're train when you're training a group of people that are supposed to be there for the people. Exactly, right. and, and I know I didn't write it down, but part of his teaching with his students that if they ran into issues on their missions, that he taught them to rely on their instincts and their abilities, and just figure it out, kind of. Yeah, let the force guide you. Pretty much, and honestly, I feel like his order was slightly better because of that. Mm, probably a lot more chill laid back and probably have a higher chance of uh, adapting and surviving. Oh, very much more laid back. Um, <laughs> Cause either from not knowing about them or not thinking they're necessary, Luke actually changed many of the rules of his new order, um, such as allowing uh, its members to both marry and have relationships, which that one actually had slightly different altercations. There's a couple reasons for him wanting to allow uh, relationships. Because he wanted one? Well, part of it, he believed that's what led his father to the dark side. Oh, completely. Because, <laughs> you know, in the old old order, you know, Anakin had this love for Padme, but every time he was in the in the temple, it was it was frowned upon, you know, they always talked so bad about relationships and being close to people. That he truly believed that was a huge reason why Anakin turned, which, I mean, we all know it was. It, yeah, it was entirely, like, 99% of the reason. Oh, yeah. But then you also got to think, his other big reason is the Jedi Order and the Old Republic during the time before the Empire numbered in, you know, a couple hundred thousand. His order at this point consisted of 20, maybe. True, we so got the way he saw it is if he if he would allow his members to marry each other and reproduce, you are more likely to reproduce new force sensitive beings. Mm, no, no, uh, actually, complete uh, lot. That was kind of his hope was to get more Jedi being born to be able to bring into the order to grow faster. Which makes sense for what you're trying to do. You're trying to save a uh, group of people that were almost wiped out. You know. Uh, yeah. Straight up Avatar style before Avatar was a thing. Pretty much. Let's <laughs> know where they got the idea. Right. <laughs> um, along with that, he would also encourage his members to wear whatever they wanted. You know, they weren't subjugated to only wearing the robes like the old order. 
Though those typically were seen in their ceremonies or ceremonies, so they still mm. wore them. Makes sense. But even if you know you wanted to, you were allowed to wear battle armor again. Which oh. you know that was a time of the ancient Jedi, which was very common that they were in fights, so they wore it a lot. It wasn't until they wanted to seem more peaceful that they put on some soft plushy wool robes. Right, because like you can even see that during the the Clone War. The Jedi at one point started wearing battle armor to, you know, kind of have that camaraderie with their troopers. And then, you know, the way the public started viewing the Jedi, they're like, no, we need to be viewed as peacekeepers again. So that's when they started, stopped wearing the battle armor again. Makes sense. But I mean, you know, the Jedi are peacekeepers in the same way that the Knights Templar were peacekeepers. Let's, oh, yeah. let's be honest about that. It's like, I'm a peacekeeper. What's that thing on your hip? It's to keep the peace. <laughs> Um, eventually Luke would even create his own version of the Jedi Council, but unlike the previous version, its authority would be far more limited and he would keep it disconnected from the politics of the New Republic, as he believed the old, Repub- the old council was corrupted by the politics. Oh, Which, again, very not wrong. Yeah, very no, accurate no. on that. This guy is hitting, this guy is batting a thousand at reform. I have oh, he say. really was like, he had so many better ideas for his, his order. <laughs> Um, I mean, you know, learn from history or doom to repeat it. Yep. Like, even unlike most of the Jedi of the old old temple that would, you know, stay reclused in their temple, he actually encouraged his members to go out and interact with the people of the galaxy, even in times of peace. Like, he wanted them to be along with the other people in the galaxy. He didn't want them to stay in the temple. And that completely, like, that makes sense for people that are supposed to be out there helping a people. Exactly. Like, he, he definitely... As we've said, he, he knew what he was doing. He, he saw what the old council did, and he improved upon it. Yeah. Kind of. Huh. It'd be like, imagine if like a group came out very similar to the Mormons, but they started wearing body armor and carry around <laughs> batons with a red cross on their shirts. They're like, we are here to help. Oh, the Crusades are starting again. That's what this feels like. <laughs> oh. oh, I don't know where that thought came from, but I think it's accurate to this. I mean, it's not wrong. <laughs> anyway, proceed, Joker. Um, so, after many, many failed romances, coupled with the strain of his duties as a Jedi Master, Luke actually believed he would live a life of solitude, much like his mentor, Obi-Wan. But he actually ended up finding his match, and in 19 ABY, he would marry Mara Jade. They would have one son. They named him Ben Skywalker in honor of Kenobi. Aww. Kenobi was a huge part of his life, so he he definitely very much took note of that. True. No, no. Definitely helped him live on. That's a good name. I'm glad glad Obi-Wan got a... Live on somehow. Right. And not just as a ghost that eventually dissipated and stopped talking to him. That's a little sad. Because well, I found out about, like, horse ghosts. They only have so much energy. They can only do that for so long. And I imagine so many times. Yeah. To, to at one point, uh, Obi-Wan couldn't appear anymore, but it would only be a voice. That's, like, that's kind of sad. So, yeah, eventually, yeah, he, he lost all connection to Kenobi. And so his son was really the only thing he had left at that point. A lot of pressure for a kid. (laughs) Right. Okay. After the second galactic civil war, which was caused by Luke's nephew, Jason solo, AKA Darth Kytus, Kytus from 40 ABY to 41. A, Hey, that's not that long of a war, yeah, actually. actually. a short one compared that, to the first one. Yeah, okay. Luke would be exiled. Oh, wow. Luke would be exiled by the current government at the time. The Galactic Alliance somehow, somewhere between 43 and 44 ABY. Due to the dis- distrust of Chief of State Natazi Dala. Yeah, so... Thanks to what caused that war, and from what I've kind of listened up on, um, the Chief of State didn't already really like the Jedi to begin with, and then she kind of blamed them for 
Jason and his descent into the darkness and start kind of starting the war. Yeah. So, so no matter what, Luke's nephew is going to mess something up. Anything in the Skywalker bloodline has started some war or another in this in this story. I mean, literally, the Star Wars movies are just about the family of Skywalkers fighting Palpatine and destroying the galaxy. Pretty much. Literally. That's kind of all Star Wars is. is just except Until <laughs> you get to the stories way before... It's the family the drama. Movies. Yeah, it's all the Skywalker family drama. Yep. Skywalker family drama that for um, some reason the entire universe has to suffer for. But yeah, during the time um, Luke got arrested by the, the uh, Galactic Alliance and would actually end up choosing to exile himself in favor of him having freedom. Um. And yeah, he he kind of would go off in search of more knowledge and Jedi teachings. Huh. And from what I actually read, I guess he also took Ben with him. Oh, okay. And and so huh. part of going way back to the beginning of the giant time gap of his death. So the reason there is that gap is we don't actually know when he died. It was sometime during his exile. Um, all we know is it was sometime before 137 ABY. As it was during this time, his force ghost would appear again to his descendant, Kate Skywalker, um, who, after the fall of the Jedi, again, uh, would turn away from the force and become a bounty hunter. Luke would end up pleading with him to turn back to the force in the Jedi way. Because, you know, the Jedi Order can't survive very often, apparently. Yeah, no, uh, honestly, okay, I'll admit, not the biggest fan of the sequels. I mean, I like the first one. Mm, second one, definitely room for improvement. Third one, I mean, come on, guys. What's it wasn't, the third one wasn't bad considering they had to. They were trying to fix the second one. Yeah. And erase stuff from the second one. Second one, however, I did like the interactions with Luke. And one statement he said that I believe is ringing true. Everybody's like, can't believe you would say that. It's like, ah, I think he believes it. The Jedi's history is just a history. The Jedi Council's history is just a history of failure. I mean, but that could be said true about all the governments in the in the Star Wars galaxy too. Yeah, true. I mean, I guess you're right because at least the Jedi Council still resurfaces each time instead of being replaced you by know, a another one, a different faction. They they're like, well, we're back. Did we kill you? Yeah, a lot of us. <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah. yeah, the Jedi Order, you know, it's been around for many millennia. But granted, a lot of their own destruction is caused by their own people. Yep, their own ignorance, their own problems. Because I mean, the whole reason the Sith even exist is, you know, way back when, in the beginning of the Jedi time, they kind of exiled some people who would find the planet of the Sith and, yeah, went, went downhill from there. Yep, didn't the Sith also at one point for a few thousand years work peacefully with the governments of the, of the I don't know, space planets and all that? I mean, of their own side. Like, they had their own empire. Yeah. But I wouldn't say peacefully. I mean, an uneasy... subjugated the people. I mean, an uneasy peace. And I'm just saying, like, they maintained an empire, I feel as though, that rivaled the Jedi at some point. Even though the Jedi were like, they were monsters. Didn't they have, like, a fully functioning, peaceful, like, trade system and, like, empire? Yeah, lost slavery. I'm not discounting the slavery. I'm just saying, like, these guys are nothing to scoff at. Huh. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of... Hmm. Yeah, the, I, uh, out of all the reading I could find, there is no actual time of death or cause of death for Luke. Yeah, that's... In, a, in that's, Legends, at least. Yeah, that's less of a, of a cry in the night and more of just a... Pretty much, like, yeah. Wow, I'm, like, I'm a little disappointed with his ending. <laughs> It really is kind of depressing when you think about the only thing that show you have to show for his ending is just a, hey, this is when I appear as a ghost, so you know I'm dead. But wh how did it happen? Like, yeah. There's so much you could have gone out on that. It just feels like, because he has an amazing beginning and middle to this story. Like He has an awesome story, and then to just peter out in that kind of ending. Yeah. 
I guess I got to give credit to uh, Cannon. They definitely... They, they at least gave him an ending. They gave him a solid one, too. Partially. I, I kind of like how he went out, you know, using the force to create that projection and then just... Well, that part, yes. I'm more mean the self-imposed exile like his mentors for... Oh. Something that, you know, the, the Legends Luke, he watched the destruction a couple times and he kept going. True, true, true. But now Ken Luke's like, nope, that's the destruction of my temple. I'm done. However, I will admit, at least, you know, destruction in his temple, I can't get his ex- his self-imposed exile in that regard because that was kind of almost 100% his fault. Oh, Granted, but, yes, Palpatine whispering things. But also in Legends, there was multiple issues that were his fault that he just kept going through. Eh, fair. But, yeah, no, it, it makes the canon Luke look like a little wimp. True. Because he, took, he lost one temple and one set of students and was like, nope, we're done. We're out of here. But Legends, he just he kept going and created a new temple, got new students. All right, I'll do it again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but honestly, still still a fan of the Legends. Oh, yeah, I definitely prefer the Legends just because it has more of a story. And definitely more exploits. Oh, yeah. And definitely did not go in-depth of his powers and his abilities, but it was a overpowered character of his time i mean he was a beast he he was a powerhouse like to give you guys some ideas palpatine could destroy a what was it uh what were they a star killer cruiser with the force yeah and luke was taking on palpatine like just to give everybody an idea of the power of this guy he was taking on a dude who could destroy giant battleships with his mind and felt as though he couldn't do that to Luke. Because otherwise he probably just would have been like down. Stay. There was actually one point, went over a little bit looking at his uh, force abilities. He used one called uh, force speed. And coupling that with his fighting ability, at one point he pretty much became untouchable in lightsaber combat. Super fast. He, he lost like two lightsaber fights in his history and that was it. He, he lost to Vader... And then he lost to Luminaya. And that was... Holy cow, yeah. Well, I guess he did lose once to Palpatine, so three. So three, but technically. He really... It was very rare for him to lose a lightsaber fight because of his skills and his force abilities. Damn. Now that's impressive. And I gotta admit, I'm a fan. What about you? Oh, hell yeah. Man, definitely no, no question of that one. Yep. For anyone that's still listening, if you got something out of this, enjoyed the episode, or even liked the character before from a movie, a comic, cartoon, hell, even that t-shirt that you saw one time, you're a fan too. If you want to jump on this train, why not subscribe and share with a friend? Dick Rail out. Y'all keep riding them rails. <laughs>